G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 167 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thanks very, very much for joining in once again. Country football is a big part of a young man's life, of a family life, uh, of community in regional Australia. Uh, it's been around for a long time, you know, fathers, grandfathers, and that go back, stuck with one club, all that type of thing. Um, it's a magnificent setup, particularly in country, sorry, country Victoria, to have football and netball together. Um, it's just such a, a great um, environment for families to participate, for kids to come through and be brought up. And, um, you know, I've got a really special guest on with me today by the name of Greg Robinson, who's the president of Sale City Football Club. Greg's, uh, Greg's been involved with that club for a long time as a player and an official uh, president there. Um, now, I was really keen to talk to Greg about his journey, but also... Um, some unfortunate suicides that have happened with players, um, one that he was particularly close with. So uh, we're going to talk about this sort of stuff, um, you know, in a bit of detail today around that and, um, you know, his observation of it all, how it sort of affected him and what the club's actually doing to move forward. As I sort of talk about a lot in this podcast, you know, I, I believe clubs and the workplace have got such a tremendous opportunity to be, to be proactive and to give uh, their participants, you know, skills and ability to be able to sort of you know manage themselves inside and outside of the club or the workplace. Um, we spend lots of times in these organisations, and I just think if we can do little things to uh, to provide tools and skills and solutions to people uh, to be more aware of their emotions, it can have a tremendous effect on their own lives and communities. So, Greg and I are going to touch on that today, and. Um, yeah, I really hope that you can share this with uh, some others that uh, you may feel find it helpful that are in uh, in a club environment, uh, just to uh, learn from Greg, Greg's experience. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of organisations that have been touched by suicide, um, you know, as many of us have. So uh, we're going to go uh, quite deep into that today. So um, you may have to listen to this a couple of times or in, uh, in little parts just to... Uh, Give yourself some space to uh, absorb everything we're going to talk about, which could be challenging at times. So um, appreciate you listening. Wanted to make special mention to uh, Michael and Amy Stooth uh, from the Real Shift that uh, support the podcast. So these guys um, uh, are coaches primarily to be able to help people shift things and blockages in their lives that are getting in their way of them uh, reaching their potential and. Uh, you know, we've all got habits and stuck behaviours and, and things that we actually get caught up in and, um, you know, find it hard to, to make the changes that we want. But they've got a, uh, a program called The Deep Dive, which is nine weeks, and it basically takes people through, um, you know, a close relationship with them, but also with other participants for that nine-week period to be able to, you know, look at their, their blockages and be able to sort of, you know, learn tools and skills and solutions to overcome them. So... If you have got something in your life that you're having uh, some trouble with or you want to try and improve, I really encourage you to check out their website. It's called therealshift.com. And if you want to go to therealshift.com forward slash deep dive, you'll see a bit about the program and what they do. So uh, I know myself, you know, 10 years ago or so, I actually did this and it took a lot of courage for me to actually invest in uh, doing something for myself. But it's one of the best things I ever did because it actually gave me uh, the awareness that I was lacking and it helped me move forward. So I really... Uh, you know, we encourage you if you are looking to move something on in your life to, uh, to, to have a look at this and see what it can do to help you because it's uh, 
an amazing thing that uh, Michael and Amy do and they've helped lots of people in the past and I'm sure they can give you a hand if you need it, so please check them out. Also, uh, check out the Outback Mind website, uh, outbackmind.com.au. We're going to soon be, become a charity, a, a foundation, uh, so we want to try and talk with uh, businesses to get on board to help us out in the future, particularly those in regional and rural uh, communities that um, I've got a, an interest in uh, in country life. So, um, yeah, I'd love to chat to you if you'd like to give us a hand. All right, appreciate your feedback with this uh, podcast with Greg and I. Please email me at support at outbackmind.com.au. G'day, Greg. Hey, g'day, Aaron. How you going, mate? Very well, very well. Um, um, just uh, before you go, am I allowed to call you mate? I know you're based in New South Wales, and I <laughs> was reading an article today that uh, mates... Uh, deemed as offensive so oh really oh we've gone that far now have we we have right we have. okay all right yeah i did i remember a while back i was called to my mate and they said i'm not your mate and i said oh, okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> it doesn't matter i felt sorry for them and uh, that's the best way to deal with it i think so uh, uh, good on you yeah mate no, i'm actually in queensland but i am a victorian so uh you know um certainly uh aware of your uh, your neck of the woods and um and obviously the good stuff that goes on with country footy and everything in that region that's what i miss up here mate you know i don't have it and uh that's a big part of me that's uh, that's lacking uh, in this environment because we don't have any sport you know primarily where i am it's a great beautiful spot but we we miss out on uh the camaraderie that goes with the club so you know mm. um yeah really we'll, we'll dive in into that deeply mate but you're a, you're a sail boy originally um, well, I was born in Melbourne. Uh, we moved to Sale when I was a little tacker. Um, my father was a policeman and he was in the police dog uh, squad with the Victorian police. Yeah. Um, we moved to Sale, I think I was about 18 months, can't quite remember. Um, and uh, yeah, been there ever since. So I think I'm yeah, deemed as a local <laughs> now. That's it. And you do sound like a policeman, mate, so it rubbed <laughs> off on you. <laughs> oh, stop it! Uh, old style policeman. That's it. So. Old style. Oh, it. We, we might talk about um, old school a bit later on as we progress. Yeah, mate. So, so yeah, uh, look, uh, very lucky to be uh, to be able to go into that environment, you know, and um, yeah, live a country life. Uh, um, you know, I'm I'm from a, a country town, as uh, you know, most of the people that listen to this are, and. Um, you know, we all know the, 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 the fours and against with that, but I think the positives, you know, pretty much outweigh the negatives. Yeah, well, being uh, being a policeman's son, um, my brother, my older brother and, and I, we've um, had discussions, you know, quite a few times about where we might have ended up mm. um, if we had stayed in Broadmeadows in, yeah. in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> we certainly aren't the Eddie Maguire type, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it would have been quite interesting if we had stayed in Broadmeadows, but we moved to... Uh, sale and um, I think that uh, yeah we've all turned out pretty well. Mm, interesting, mate. Uh, a fellow by the name of Ross Manello's name comes to bell uh, to mind. He used to be from there. He used to come up to Horsham and try and punch on with everyone, you know, uh, as a young fella. And uh, yeah, I've got fond, or not so much fond, but certainly uh, interesting memories of Broadmeadows and. Uh, the, yeah. the uh, you know the the self defence uh, you're in uh, all the time to be able to look after yourself in that environment which is pretty rough. I I did a bit of crowd controlling in my younger days and um, ran into a couple of uh, people that my father had locked up over the years and oh, shit. yeah that was uh, always very interesting. But, yeah, um, no doubt. On my own person, of course. So yeah, exactly. That's right, mate. I no, can't hold grudges, but uh, mate. Um, how was it for you as a young fellow? Like you got into footy and sport and that pretty early. 
Yeah, look, I started playing football when I was about seven. Um, I was always out kicking the footy. I, I, uh, I started with a plastic footy. So um, do I. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the uh, younger generation these days would have any appreciation of what a plastic football is. They bloody but, um, two of you didn't kick them properly. Yeah, that's right. But, it, of course, with... Um, with a German Shepherd running around the backyard and a plastic footy, <laughs> where you could have, you can imagine the number of uh, plastic footballs I went through oh. when I was a little fella. But uh, absolutely, I remember that. Yeah, so I I, I started at um, I played under tens at uh, the Sale Football Club, and um, then when I started uh, in uh, secondary school, I then played with St Pat's College in mm-hmm. Sale and went through the junior ranks there. Um, had a couple of premierships and. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed, really enjoyed playing at um, at St Pat's. They were you know, a good bunch of guys that I grew up with, and we just loved our our football and and uh, cricket. And then when I got uh, when I got a little bit older, we we actually got into uh, water ski racing. My brother mm. uh, was a uh, three-time Australian champion in um, speed ski racing, and I followed in his footsteps, very much in the uh, in the shadows, but. Um, we both also played Sale City, uh, played football at Sale City. Um, I started as a 17-year-old at Sale City. Uh, my brother had, had already played in two premierships, at um, senior premierships at Sale City before I started there. And of course, uh, yeah, he was he was one of the legends that I looked up to, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was just a great introduction. I remember my first year as a senior footballer. Um, I was able to walk out just that little bit taller because I knew that my brother was <laughs> out there with me. There. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we both we played at opposite ends of the ground. I was I was a little back pocketer or back flank, and Phil was a centre half forward. So mm. um, it was always quite interesting in those days. Um, Phil was the only one that called me Greg out <laughs> on the football field. What, what, so, what, what did um, everyone else call you? Oh, uh, Robbo. Robbo, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, um, yeah. and Phil, Phil's had a booming voice, and uh, if I was ever advancing out of the back line, um, you know, there'd obviously be calls of Robbo, Robbo, but uh, Phil was right over the top of those calling out, Greg! <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so, of course, you know, if you didn't kick it to your older brother back yeah. in those days, well, you'd always get in trouble, so. Cop it later, but, right? um, but no, they were, they were great days. Um, as, a, as a young senior player, and then, um, yeah, as I got older, I, ended, I played in a reserves premiership in 1990. Um, I had most of the year out uh, injured, and they qualified me for the for the reserves later in the year. And yeah, we went on to play in the uh, grand final. And some would say it's probably one of the worst games that I've ever played in my life, but uh, <laughs> I, I can't really argue with them. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but a great experience, and uh, you know, certainly the celebrations after that. Sale City hadn't uh, been involved in a grand final for a number of years and yeah, that was uh, certainly a, a, a great period to mm. sit back and um, enjoy. Bit of an event. Tell me, what year were you born? Uh, 1966, 66. the year that St Kilda won their last yes, flag. Yes, yeah. And, and, I, and I missed that by a couple of months too. And you don't barrack for them? Mm. You do barrack for them? I do. I'm a St Kilda supporter, a long-suffering one. Unreal. Well, mate, don't worry, there's hope. I'm a Bulldog supporter. I never thought I'd win, uh, see them win, but, uh, you know, it'll happen one day. Yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting, yes. We, we were at the, I took the family to the uh, to the replay back in 2010, and ah. I, made, 
I made my uh, my kids sit there and watch uh, Collingwood get presented with the Premiership Cup and mm. started their lap of honour. I think we were the only St Kilda supporters left in the grandstand at that mm. stage. But, yeah, yeah. Unreal, but mate. anyway, I was there for the uh, for the environment. Yes, no, that's true, mate, and no, it's not the done nothing every day. That's for sure. So good on you for yeah. for sticking with them. Yeah, no, that's good. So, mate, um, so when like when you sort of uh, finished playing, how old were you then? Sort of late thirties or? No, I uh, I was struck down early. Um, I I made a decision in 1992 to go into retirement. Um, I've had some back injuries over the years, and I made a decision in 92 to go into retirement. And as luck would have it, in 1993, the uh, seniors won the flag, and I was coaching the thirds at the time. Mm. And um, yeah, so so of course after winning a flag, I decided well I've got to get back into it, and I made a comeback in '94, and that was uh, that was the last four games, and that was it. I never played again after that. Unreal. So so thirty odd years ago, uh, pretty much, and uh, mate, you've been involved with the club ever since. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, I've, uh, I think. I think I've been on the committee now for oh, about 34 years and um, I think they've been trying to get me off for the last 10 years but I just kept coming back. <laughs> so, uh, uh, they're a good, good bunch of people at Sale City. We're a, we're a good authentic uh, country club and, and um, we're known as the family club and we promote ourselves as, um, as the family club. Mm. And um, yeah, I don't think there's too many people that could really argue that uh, we are just that. Yeah, mate, you're doing something right. And uh, certainly, you know, well done for, for, for being involved with something like that for so long. It's, um, uh, it's such an important part of uh, someone's well-being to have that connection, but also to, you know, to give back to an organisation which can help so many other people. Mm. Yeah, well, I've, um, my, both my boys uh, play juniors at Sale City. Um, I took on the role of Auskick coordinator uh, when my boys started um, doing Auskick and... I think they were up to under 18s when I uh, stood down from that role. Jeez, so, so yeah, um, so, yeah, so I had a pretty good crack at uh, Auskick, and I think there's, uh, I think there might be still a few kids that I was involved with now that haven't quite made senior level yet. But uh, yeah, look, the Auskick program uh, back then, I, I really enjoyed, and um, yeah, it was it was just one of those things that I just kept going and going. Uh, purely because I got the enjoyment out of it. I had my oldest son, he came and um, helped me out with the, with the coordinating of it one year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, putting back into the community down at the, uh, the junior level, um, absolutely fantastic. Um, I loved it. And, um, you know, I went on to coach my boys as well through the, through the uh, junior ranks, um, under 12s and under 14s. Um, and... Yeah, look, just putting back, putting back into the community. I, I got a lot of um, fun out of playing football myself, and I think I got just as much fun, if not more, in being part of the Auskick program and and um, you know coaching the juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to say I've, I've been out on in the middle of the MCG probably half a dozen times mm-hmm. uh, with the Auskick kids and and um, um, Docklands or Marvel, what, what they call it now, yeah. um, you know, a couple of times and. It's just a great, great atmosphere to not only be out on the ground with um, with the kids playing around at half time, but yeah, just to be there 
you know, with the large crowds, we were at some pretty big games. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's just a great environment to be there. When we were young fellas, the only way you get there is to be good enough uh, to get a game in the Little League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did play in a Little League game at, at uh, Waverley uh, one year when I, was a, when I was a little bloke. But, uh, yeah, I don't quite recall it being a highlight. I'm not even sure if I got a kick. Yeah. <laughs> you were out there. That's the main thing. I was out there, yeah. Unreal, mate. So... So after all that, you sort of stayed around committee and then sort of got into becoming a president with the club? Yeah, I, um, I took on the president's role. I, I'd had a couple of years as vice president prior to taking on the president's role in 98. And um, I had three seasons as president. Um, I've also filled the role of uh, secretary for part of a year. Um, I've had treasurer responsibilities. Um, I've been the junior director, um, and I fell into the netball director's role one year. And <laughs> I'm sure that the ladies that were playing that year would uh, remember me fondly for <laughs> being the being the tough nut. Mm. I certainly certainly wasn't putting up with uh, some of the rot that goes on in the netball. But uh, yeah. look, that was a that was a fun time too. And there's still a couple of girls around that. That uh, were around in that year. Yeah, yeah. I still, I still have a laugh about Robo being the netball director. But look, yeah. it's all just you know, being part of the club, um, getting in and do what you can to to help. You know, my wife has been a, a very active uh, participant as well in you know in the canteen and the ladies' committee and mm. and all that. So it's just been a great family environment. Yeah. Um, my daughter also played netball with the club. So you know, the three kids, my wife, myself, we've. Um, yeah, we've been involved with Sale City for, for a number of years now. Wow, yeah, mate. It's, uh, yeah, full credit to you, and uh, it's not finishing yet. You've still got that connection. And I, I'm interested to know, um, with regards to the observation of seeing uh, the club evolve over the years, we, we talk about mental health now, and obviously back when you were a player and uh, sort of coming into the end of your career and that the, the mental health side of things was probably not really... Um, something which was uh i suppose talked about or people weren't really aware of uh, of this uh this sort of um part of our life which uh, which does need some maintenance as well but um you know uh i know there were some challenges in the club sort of you know early uh early 2000s and so forth there but was there evidence of, of things going on before that you, that you were aware of that you or you sort of knew about or uh, how did it sort of uh, evolve yeah well we um we unfortunately lost a uh, um, a player and boundary umpire in um, 1994, I think it was. Mm. Um, and of course, I was you know, still quite actively involved um, in the in the playing side and coaching side at, at that point. Um, and I, look, I think that was probably the first inkling that I got that um, you know there was a, a a mental illness issue even in the community. Mm. Um, and look, I'm not saying that it's been a huge uh, issue, or, or certainly I haven't been made aware of it, but but to lose a 19-year-old, uh, a um, you know, to, to mental illness, it's um, it certainly put everyone on notice. Mm. And, um, and unfortunately, you know, since that time, um, we've had, I think we did a tally up the other week, I, I think we've had eight, uh, members or, um, and mainly players or past players 
that have unfortunately succumbed to the battles with mental illness. Mm. Um, and it's it's quite an alarming number when you um, yeah, when you sit back and have a look at it. Um, there's probably only been two or three that have been active at the time of of um, them losing their battles. But yeah, uh, yeah. you know, just to, just to sit back and have a look at the um, you know the names and and calculate those numbers and yeah this it's look it's an issue that's very near and dear to my heart mm. um i'm i'm fully uh, admitting that when you know, mental illness became you know to the forefront i guess in in my life um i honestly did not understand it um i i couldn't understand it i, I just treated uh, suicide as as a cop-out yeah um you know one of my good mates uh, took his life at the age of 23 um that was my first exposure um and then it it just seemed to roll on from there mm. uh, far too often and it got to the point where um I'd, I'd had so many people that were close to me uh, in some way or another that had taken their lives and i'd, I'd been to their funerals and i i just got to a point mate where i'd I just couldn't go to a few, another few, um, suicide funeral. Mm. Um, I, I just didn't quite understand what was going on. So, um, yeah, as I said, I, I, I saw it as a bit of a cop-out and never really took the time to assess how they were travelling um, or how they may have been travelling at that point of time to you know, have the mindset to, to do that. Um, and, and look, even now I still struggle with understanding, but I think I've matured over the years in, in um, having more of, and, and you say an appreciation, it's, it's probably not the right word to say, but um, appreciating where these individuals may be in their life. And, you know, I'd, I'm saddened by the fact that I was never able to... Um, a solution to their problems mm. um yeah and and look it's uh i made mention of a uh, quote that was given to me just recently in the presentation that we did at our mental awareness day at the footy club uh, a few weeks ago um a quote that i used was every day you think of what you could have done to help that's the pain left behind mm. and, that, and that was a direct quote from a um a family member that had had lost a uh lost the partner and mm-hmm. that that quote really hit home to me uh, that's the pain left behind mm. um you know for, for so many of these people that have that have passed and yet there's still that pain left behind for everyone that is still you know associated with them mm. so so when i when i now talk about uh the battles with mental illness not only do I associate those that have unfortunately taken their life, but now I can really associate the uh, people that are affected, um, you know, that are still with us. Mm. And and I don't mind telling you this one thing that I'm not too proud of, uh, even now. Um, when when my good mate passed back in 1990, uh, it took me two years before I could go and talk to his mother. Mm. Um, because oh, I didn't know what to say. Mm. I, I just, I personally did not know how to handle it. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. um, in in that environment. And look, I'm not I'm not real good at it now, um, handling those sorts of situations. But I think from a um, from a more mature individual, I think now what I'm more conscious of is just at least starting that conversation, mm-hmm. and not only with people that have been affected that have lost a, a loved one, but also now having the conversation with those people who you may or may not know are having the battles and giving them the opportunity to open up if they if they so see the need to. Because mm. you know, my mate back in 1990, no one knew that he had issues, but no one ever asked. Mm. No, and no one really had the thought of, just putting a question to him, yeah, you know, are you are you okay, mate? Mm. You know, if it's you know, now now we use the cry, you know, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay if you're not feeling right. Um, I, I really wish I had have had that in my head, you know, 35, 40 years ago. Mm. It would have made a lot of difference, I think. Yeah, mate. Don't don't beat yourself up. You know, unfortunately. Oh, look, I, I certainly don't beat myself up, but it's just it's one of those things that now. Um, yeah, you know, in the look in the last six months, it's been um, it's been a little bit uh, oh, not, difficult, I guess, coming to terms with you know losing a member at the foot at the football club, mm-hmm. um, seeing a lot of people that are close to me and how they're affected by it, um, how they deal with it, you know, how we've how we've dealt with it at our football club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's quite a strange feeling to sit back now with the knowledge and the appreciation that I have of the battles that people have with mental illness and Mm. sit back and assess now and and just look at how other people are travelling. Yeah, well said, mate, and and good on you for uh, for being aware of that, you know. Um, uh, Certainly Greg is a different man than what he was 40 years ago. Um, Oh, without a doubt. You know, 30 years ago, uh, 1990, I guess, but... um, yeah, primarily, um, yeah, mate. Uh, the world's changed a lot, to be honest, and there's a lot more, a lot more challenges in that in people's road than what there was, but possibly back then. But you know, back in those days, 80s and 90s, and that life was, you know, it was pretty simple. So it was a shock for someone to actually take these, these, um, these measures. But you know, we really don't understand some of the traumas and that that have actually happened. Uh, to a, to a young man or a young woman and, and what they've actually carried from past generations. Like, you know, dad's gone to war, he's, he's mm-hmm. been, uh, been disrupted at home and that's sort of gone into the kids' uh, development and, you know, they've had to take on a lot of that burden and, you know, life gets pretty difficult for, for, for a fella or, or a lady that's, um, that's had uh, to succumb to, you know, some of that intergenerational stuff. and. Um, yeah, you know, I was probably a little bit the same back in the day, like maybe about judging a little bit too, possibly, but having compassion is really the key for the individual, uh, but also their families. And, you know, knowing what you know now, you know, back in 1990, you wouldn't have had to have waited two years to go to speak to that uh, individual's you know, parents or mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I really feel for the, um, you know, for the current generation, like, as we all know, the last two years have been very challenging. Um, the statistics are, are extraordinary as far as you know the suicide rates of the last two years. Um, 
I really think that we as a community, as a nation, really need to get on top of um, assessing individuals and their um, their mental health because I, I can just see that the challenges are just going to keep mounting up mm. in the next few years. Um, mm. Yeah, for right across the whole uh, age spectrum, you know, there's there's the youth, there's the the uh, the teens, the middle age, uh, even the the older the older generation as well. I'm not sure where I fit in any of that, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm probably I'm, well, I'm not probably I am I'm definitely um, a privileged person as far as I'm concerned. I've I've got uh, a beautiful wife. I've got three lovely children um you know two of them have found their life partners um one of them still searching but not too far away i would hope um and you know i've i've been gainfully employed with the pretty much the same company for the last 38 years mm. um i've had different career paths um i'm now in the twilight of my career and my wife and i are enjoying life on the road in our little caravan and um, yeah, look, life is good for us, and sadly, I look back on um, 2020 when we were subjected to a lot of lockdowns. Um, I, being an essential worker, I was not locked at home. Mm. I was able to get out, and I, um, I did work mm. quite a lot in 2020, and you know, now I'm, I've set myself up where. We're about to embark on a on a five month trip up north to um, yeah just enjoy enjoy life. Get away, but yeah. You know, so I, so I do consider myself very privileged, and um, I I honestly do feel for others that aren't as privileged or have had the benefits that I've had you know through my years. For sure, mate. And um, you know yeah, congratulations for you know being aware of that and, and bringing it up. Um, I just think primarily, uh, you know, the more more prevention work we can do to be able to help individuals that may be struggling and that may be, um, you know, a little bit aware or sort of less aware of their emotions and their ability to be able to sort of progress, I think um, uh, is really important moving forward. Um, uh, you know, maybe if one of those guys that you mentioned uh, had have had an opportunity to be able to express themselves and they would be still here or they were able to hear a story of someone else that may be going through the same thing, they might uh, be able to, you know, divert their, their, their outcome, I suppose, primarily. But, uh, you know, um, to be able to sort of keep yourself regulated, I think, is really key uh, for a man in general because we... We don't sort of understand our emotions and sort of where they're taking us and those sorts of things. But, you know, it's really interesting. I, I know there was a couple of players that you were, you were really close to um, that did take their lives. And I think one was back in 2000. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a difficult one. I was, I was president of the football club that year. And, and um, Rob, who, um, who took his life, he wasn't playing that particular year, but he was still, he was a... Uh, former senior premiership player mm. and um, uh, I was president at the time of his death and you know judge me how you like but it was at that point in my life where I couldn't go to his funeral mm. um, I didn't I didn't go to his funeral um, I'd, I'd just seen far too many at that stage and I made a 
I made a judgment, um, be it right or wrong. Um, I didn't go to the funeral, and um, yeah, I, I can't take that back. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure now whether, you know, if the circumstances were were different, would I would I go? I'm I'm still not 100 percent sure. Uh, last year we we lost a player at the footy club in uh, Justin McClay. Um, you know, 22 years on, I've still got that same mindset, mm. and I couldn't bring myself to go to Justin's funeral as well. Um, yeah. Again, you know, judge me how you wish, but I, I, it's just I don't know. I'd call it morals, call it feel. I, I'm not sure how you mm. how you can describe it, but I, I just couldn't bring myself to um, be exposed to that environment because I, I just. I had no answer. I couldn't understand. Mm. Um, and look, I've got to admit, in the last you know, five months, I've um, I've been having some good conversations with um, with some you know, close people. Uh, some good, you know, I've, I've got a great social circle. Um, you know, I've got a couple of good mates that I can confide in, um, and and they they understood the decisions that I made. In fact, one of them. Who rang me to inform me of uh, Justin's passing? Um, you know, once we got over the initial uh, um, shock of it all, he turned to me and he goes, "Robo, I I know your feelings on these situations, and I know you won't be um, attending the funeral." And I didn't even have to tell him. He he knew me well enough. Um, he didn't try to change my mind or anything like that. But since that time. Um, he and another good mate of mine have, have chatted about the um, you know, the whole situation and um, you know the battles with mental illness and you know these these two mates have um, had their own battles themselves mm. um, not to any large extent but um, you know personal issues that they've had to deal with and um, you know they both thank me for helping them through those times mm. um, and sometimes it's it is just as simple as that. Being there with, being there with a mate, being supportive. You may not have to say the right things. You may not have to do the right things, but if you're portraying the right thing, then it's it's something. Yes. And and um, yeah, that's look. I, I'm, as I said, I'm not embarrassed about my my feelings. It's I have no explanation why I have those feelings, it's just the way they are. But, mm. um, and it's no disrespect to, to those that have left us or their family members. Um, I, hope to, I hope to catch up with, um, with Robert's uh, wife at the time in, in a few months mm. and um, have a good talk with her about uh, past times. Mm. And um, I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. But, um, yeah, that, that'll be the first time that I've seen her in, in 10 years. Good on you for keeping contact, mate, and connection. That that's really important. But yeah, mate, I look. You know, I really thank you for sharing that. And uh, and don't don't be embarrassed, or not so much embarrassed, but like feeling a bit uh, uneasy about your decisions. Because yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing, honestly. It really is uh, to be able yeah. to to be uh, observant of uh, of someone that you know that's close to you, and now they're no longer here, and uh, that can affect people differently. You know, and. Uh, it's not uncommon uh, to, to do what you did there, but um, 
you know, certainly, um, you know, it takes time to heal wounds, and you've probably had, like, you've had eight wounds there primarily through your club, mm. uh, so that's a lot, you know, to take on for an individual, and, um, you know, I'm certainly hoping that there's no more, um, you know, that's my... Yeah. My, my purpose is to be able to try and, you know, help people through those processes without, uh, without people, you know, sort of having to, to take those, um, th- those, those avenues because, you know, I think everyone's got a special gift uh, on this planet, mate, and if we can learn how to, um, you know, access that and, and learn how to find harmony in our lives more and more, then, you know, we don't sort of, um, you know, get too much uh, or too far down the rabbit hole with uh, with feeling down on ourselves and and that and that's what can really um, you know sort of you know escalate depression which uh, can keep us um, you know really trapped and stuck in uh, in our in our, our patterns you know I just think if we can uh, develop circuit breakers which can keep us um, mentally well it can make a difference and and you know it's like the body mate the body gets unfit unless you uh, you do things to, to look after it. The mind will get unfit if you if you, you don't do things to look after it as well, you know. So Yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's the stuff we don't realise, mate. We've pretty much been educated to support the economy without actually understanding, you know, how to, to, to settle our minds down and our nervous systems as well. Yeah, no, that's it. And uh, look I I certainly don't want to see um, another life lost um, as a result of uh, mental illness and yeah, my, my pledge my pledge now is to do everything I can to make sure that not only do uh, people get the help that they need, but also just putting it out there and you know making it public, saying, hey, you know, if you if you've got concerns, if you need someone to talk to, uh, I've, I've been told many a times, and I'm a good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't ever try and uh, give advice on areas that I that I can't, but I'm, I'm happy to listen to, to somebody talk about themselves and talk about the issues that they may have and, um, you know, just be there. Because sometimes, really, that's, that's just what people need. They just need someone to uh, talk to mm. that will listen, mm. not get advice, just, just listen. And, you know, I'm, I put it out there quite often. I'm, I'm more than happy to sit and listen and... Um, Try and cheer people up if I need to, but uh, yeah, the, the conversation starters—that's uh, very important. In I think if if you can start a conversation with someone that is having battles, that's the first step. Mm. And if you pick the signs and you instigate it, well, that's that's a great thing. Mm. But um, I guess another message that I want to get out there to to people listening is that. If you are suffering from you know, mental issues, if you've, if you've got demons inside, it's always best to talk to someone about it and I'm sure that that will just give that uh, little release and, um, and hopefully you, know, you can uh, work through that. Mm. Oh, mate, well said, absolutely. It's important you know, not to get too stuck between the ears because... We become self-critical and we judge ourselves and we don't sort of, you know, see um, the, the positivity within our own selves but also within much else around us. It's, it's easy for the mind to take us that way, you know, if, uh, if we don't do things to release it, uh, you know, and, and talking about stuff is really important. And I, I think particularly for a guy, Greg, it can be tricky and hard and, you know, maybe Justin and, and, and Robert... 
um, you know, may, may have struggled with that a bit like what you did with going to their funerals, you know, it was sort of the same sort of blocked thinking where they, they couldn't reach out for help possibly and, um, uh, you know, with all the tools and, uh, and, and you know, I suppose lifelines and all that that we've got out there, some guys still do get um, a little bit uh, reserved and stuck with moving forward, um, you know, to be able to break uh, break break a thought pattern or a cycle or, or just get that that help um, but yeah mate it's it's very important you know um, the the biggest battle we have is within ourselves you know and um, a lot of the time it's just you versus you um, you know yep, what, what, other, right. what other people are thinking doesn't really matter it's irrelevant you know you've got to be able to to, to move through those things and um, yeah life uh, Life can be a beautiful thing, you know, if you, if you give ourselves um, space to do so, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of, yeah, you know, I wish those two guys were still here, mate. I wish the guys that I know that aren't around that were still here. And, um, you know, that's why you and I need to do what we can to be able to, you know, help people moving forward, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And look, of course, in the, in the regional areas, um, I, I think the counselling side of things are, are, um, are sparse. Um, I was talking to um, a bloke who I met um, last year, uh, just this week, and we were talking about the differences between the services that are available in you know, the capital cities, mm. uh, major cities versus those out in regional areas. Mm. Um, let's say, for example, if if an individual needs to go and see a psychologist, there may only be one one psychologist in in a country town, so they're they're stuck with talking to that one individual whereas in a um you know in a capital city there's you know countless numbers of um of um you know psychiatrists and, and people that the counselors and the like that uh, that you can access mm. it, you've got to remember that one person can't fix everyone and everyone has different styles and um, needs and, and the like so it's a tough gig out in the regional area for it, for people if they if they do need some assistance to find the right person to address their needs mm. um, and this is why I'm you know, I'm really pleased with what you're trying to get up in um, you know support the regional areas um, through your Outback Minds program and um, mm. you know let's let's try and be more supportive in that area yeah, I appreciate that, mate. It's really about being proactive than reactive, isn't it? You know, sort of get out and, and try and do things that can help, um, you know, fill a gap. There's definitely a gap there. Um, you know, if we can't have psychologists, maybe we can have the men's circles and we can have the online forums and these sorts of things, which can be a great support mechanism uh, yep. as well. And and that's that's what I, I really I know what we do here in Agnes works really well and I want to try and yep. get this you know going in sale and going in other parts of Australia because I just know having the support of other people that are doing the same thing is is, is tremendous you know mm-hmm. yeah um, absolutely and um, I, I just know um, the power in that mate and and you know getting back to to, to Robert and Justin uh you know what they went through we don't know uh unfortunately but there's a fair chance that um they thought that they that they couldn't move through what they were getting stuck in and uh that depression can be really really difficult once you get into that mode it's it's hard to see any other way you know uh, you sort of go to the bottom of a pendulum and you 
you sort of get stuck there and um, you know just it can it can help by have one someone saying something or someone you know giving uh, uh, an example of their experience which, which can give you hope and once you've got hope and you start to climb up the ladder you know rather than sort of stay down the bottom of the ladder I guess yep uh, absolutely and, and look I'm really proud of, um, of our club and the way that uh, we've embarked on this um, this promotion of of um, mental health um, we had a workshop last week um, at the club and there was over 35 people that attended that um, unfortunately I couldn't attend due to other commitments but um, yeah it was it was just great to to see so many from within our club um, both footballers and netballers and you know support staff and the like that were uh, that were in attendance there everyone everyone is committed to uh, the cause of uh, ensuring that you know, we, we promote the uh, the mental health um, within our within our own uh, sporting environment, mm-hmm. and that's where you know, football netball clubs. I reckon they're a you know, they're a great role model. Of um, I think they have a, a very strong place in the community, and um, you know, people that are involved with a football netball club, their you know, their role is to be that role model and you know, promote the good things. Uh, within the community and uh, you know get people involved get people talking that's that's very important have that conversation get people talking about everything other than um you know the the things that we really don't need to be talking about but um you know the, all, all the positive things and you know that the fun environments and um the camaraderie that's that's important do you know what what, what happens mate is when someone has a problem they get stuck with that problem and um, like for them, like the support network and that is, is really challenging to, to, to confide in. They don't want to be seen as weak or whatever, um, which is really, really tough. It's cancerous on an individual because it just continues to grow within them. But yeah, I, I, I believe we're, we're sort of changing that sort of, um, you know, moving forward now. But but having having something outside the club that an individual can go to, I think is really important uh, because you know there is some confidentiality sometimes that people want to you know keep within themselves and they don't want to disclose. And um, you know as as we sort of mentioned, you don't really know what sort of happened previously. And and sometimes you know we, we just get stuck on this unknown, like we don't actually know what it is that's eating us away or whatever. And I've, I've, I've been like that, I, I understand it. And um, it can it can really be like, you know, you're, you're trying to, 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 to go through the lid, but you can't get through the lid. But, but just having the ability to be able to, to discuss it with someone in confidence, I think is really important too. Um, and and that can that can give you the the pathway and tools and strategy to move forward. And I just think it's important we have the balance of being able to rely on our mates, but sometimes there's also uh, a need for other other support mechanisms, which um, you know can help us if we do feel that we need to be um, I suppose a bit more private about things. Oh, absolutely. Look, and um, yeah, not everything has to be out there in the public. Uh public world mm. um you know parents have a responsibility to you know sit and listen to their children um you know children have that uh that commitment i guess to speak out to their to their parents and the people that they trust if they've if they have some um some concerns so mm. it's all about communicating and you know if, if you're not communicating if you're just bottling up your, your inner feelings and not releasing them then 
they're, they're never going to be resolved. So, um, yeah, my uh, my invitation <clears throat> to anyone listening today is that you know, if you've if you've got some concerns, if you've got some issues, find somebody to talk to, and talk about it. Don't bottle it up. Mm. And um, you know, hopefully, we won't um, end up with um, you know, more statistics. Mm. We um, we want to keep everyone above ground and living a, a fruitful life. Mm. Yeah, well said, mate. Absolutely. And you know, geez, you, you're a little bit older than me, not by much, but. We've come a long way, to be honest. You know, we, we have really come a long way, but we have more challenges now than what we've ever faced. You know, when we were young fellas, so to being able to sort of see those challenges, observe them, and come back to, you know, what's uh, what's really you know helping you tick as an individual and being being true to to yourself. Even the challenges don't hang around as long, and you don't get stuck in them. And I just think, um, you know. We're, we're having this conversation for a reason and I reckon that the right support mechanisms are going to start to appear in these original areas because we just can't keep ignoring it for, for, for much longer, mate, you know. They, they haven't oh, been around. Much. We haven't had the, um, the ability to be able to, 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 you know, be there for individuals when they need it and I just think, um, yeah, it's not the way to, to, uh, to, to live in this, in this world, in this environment, in these societies that we're, we're actually in now. So we've got to actually be, you know, be proactive, as I said, rather than wait for something to happen and react to them, you know. I just think there's, yeah, no, there's that's such, it. such a need, mate. Uh, I'm, um, I'm probably proud of myself in one respect in that, you know, six months ago I had a completely different attitude uh, to, to mental illness. Um, I've, whilst I've tried to understand I haven't been able to understand and I'm not saying that I understand now but uh, you know as I said earlier in the piece uh, I've I've got a lot more appreciation of of um, what it is and how it affects people and I, I put it to anyone you know if if you were like if you are like me and have uh, or have the opinions that I had you know years ago um, I've been able to change my perception mm-hmm. and I think that anyone, if they explore deep enough, um, can change their their perception and their appreciation on the battles that people are facing at, at this current time. Mm. Mate, well said. And, and, you know, you're a blokey bloke and there's still a lot of blokey blokes around out there, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I'm a blokey bloke. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> at the footy club, I've been accused of being old school on, uh, <laughs> on a number of issues. Well... You know that's that's how it was um, mm. back then, and you know I, I don't deny that you know a lot of my football ideas and theories are, are uh, old school. I, I do know one thing uh, for sure that there is no way known I could play football under the current rules. <laughs> yeah. um, my uh, uh, my method of uh, playing football, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, um, aren't conducive to the to the the current uh, rules and. I think I'd be spending more time on the bench um, or even outside the fence. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, don't worry. Uh, not that I was a dirty player. Not that I was just a, I was a tactical player. It was pretty easy to have a ball behind play when no one was looking. <laughs> well, no, I never did that. I never did that. But, um, you know, the, the chopping of the arms and the, yeah. and the punching, accidentally punching, you know, from behind and... Yeah. Um, well, I was trying to spoil the ball and you know, stepping on people's toes and all that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, was a, yeah. I, I think I was the shortest fallback in the league there uh, on one year. And 
that was always a battle. So you had to have a bag of tricks up your sleeve to to work on. Of course, mate. Do, <laughs> do whatever you can to bloody stop the other bloke. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly right. Unreal, mate. Mate, uh, I'm really grateful for the conversation. Um, you know, I think we've uh, we've touched on some pretty deep things here today, and I hope a few people can listen to this and share it within their own uh, networks and communities. Because um, yeah, certainly the more the more awareness we can get uh, out, out around this sort of stuff, I think it's yeah. it's important. And the more we can do to support each other, I think is really important too. You know, so that's why I was really keen to have a chat to you because. Uh, I just reckon, you know, you, you need help, um, you know, with what you're doing. You're trying to hold the ship together there, but you also Greg needs a hand to be able to, you know, to, to manage everything. And, and uh, you know, certainly the last six months you've made some huge progress and, um, you know, there's, there's still plenty of good things to come, you know, moving forward. And yeah, well, there is. And, uh, and look, Aaron, if you don't mind me giving a little plug to a, uh, to a charity, yeah. um, the, the charity is called Dancing with the Black Dog. Yeah, and right. And... And look, they're um, they're not a charity as such that provide support, but what they do do is um, give the, uh, the they're the conduit to those that do give the support. Um, what the organisation does is, and you've heard me say this a couple of times already today, is um, you know having the conversation um, about mental illness. Um, the Dancing with the Black Dog uh, charity have some merchandise and one of them is a it's a very small pin it's um it's no bigger than um than the end of a of a ballpoint pen not 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 the writing part but the other end that you chew on and you pin that you pin that on your uh, collar or wherever is suitable and i was explaining to uh, mark the uh, the founder of this charity last week that um i quite like it when people see me wearing this pin and they come up to me and they go oh what's that and my response to them is it's a conversation starter mm. and 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 that's exactly what it is people come up and they inquire about this small pin um and it, from there you just start the conversation yeah. and uh, you explain to them that you know this is a pin that um from a charity that uh, supports mental um, mental health and you know the whole idea of it is to talk about mental health and ask the question, you know, or, or make the statement, it's okay to say if you don't feel okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I'd just like to plug that uh, dance with the black dog, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely not, mate. Really important. I really encourage anyone to listen, uh, to listening if they're wanting to, to go to someone that can help support them to, to reach out. And I'd love to have a chat to Mark myself and, and get him on here for yeah. a chat too. He's, a, he's an interesting bloke. He's a, he's a uh, Scotsman. Yeah. Um, he's been in Australia for a number of years, but he's still got that beautiful <laughs> accent. And um, yeah, and the the, uh, the website, if uh, if anyone's interested in, in supporting them, is uh, it's o it's okay to say. And uh, yeah. you can get on that okay. website, and uh, yeah, by all means. As long as he doesn't get on, the, get on to some of the merch. I like the Scots, but I don't want to be a fan of the kilt, mate. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You might not be wearing one of them anymore, but anyway, uh, interesting stuff. But uh, no, I, I appreciate that. It's really important, mate. And, and, you know, getting back to what we were talking about before, you know, the awareness of depression uh, primarily is, is very important. It's real, you know. Uh, part of our, our, our mind gets stuck, you know. That's what happens. 
and mm-hmm. you know if we we get stuck there too long then we start to think really negatively and we start to doubt ourselves and we think is it all worth it and all that type of stuff but I really am I'm passionate about helping people move that on, you know. So if you are in that place, do some things here that can help you regulate yourself so, you know, you're not getting stuck there. And if people can do these sorts of things consistently, then they can have the tools to move through it. And, um, you know, back in the day, mate, um, you know, Robert, I would have thought, back in in 2000, was probably in that place where he, uh, he couldn't sort of see any way out, I would have thought. Yeah, well, that's it. And, and look... Knowing Robert um, as well as I did back then, um, I still found out only recently some of the things that he was doing within the community uh, prior to his death um, that no one was really aware of apart from you know, a few people that were extremely close to him. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's, what does that tell you? You know, the, the, here's a guy that was out there helping the community, doing, doing the community thing, helping the elderly and the um, you know, sick children and all that. He was doing that on his, in his own time. Mm. And, and yet, you know, he, he still, at uh, some point, uh, felt the need that he could no longer walk the earth with us. So, mm, yeah. um, you know, that's, it's, um, it's, it's quite sad. And, you know, those are the things that I don't understand. Yeah. How someone so lovable and so, you know, passionate for other people um, can bring themselves to... to to do that so interesting isn't yeah, it that's yeah. that's the mystery of it all and, it is uh, yeah yeah i agree yeah. But, but, but they're the ones that i want to support more like if i'd have known back then um that uh that robert was having issues um armed with the the knowledge that i have now then you know maybe he'd still be around with us yeah that's true mate absolutely agree and now, unfortunately there's going to be plenty more guys like robert moving forward you know so all we can do is uh is do what we're doing and uh, yeah, be able to help them if they get to a stage like that to be able to sort of yep. you know break the cycle and break the circuit yep. and, uh, and and move move on. Um, hopefully, you know, um, you know, with the ability to be more more aware of, of of these sorts of things because depression really primarily can be hereditary in some ways, and we do carry yes. carry that you know um, from from our parents and grandparents and whoever, and uh, you know, yeah, it can certainly. Um, it can suffocate us. So, you know, this uh, dancing with the black dog is very relevant. Uh, if someone is in that in that um, space to be able to maybe go to something like that to, to, to have that sort of managed with compassion so other people that yep. understand it, they can um, they can help them, you know, to f- try and find a way through, I think is really important. Absolutely. And also, too, we, we, we can't forget about the girls as well. Um, you know, the, the girls are just as vulnerable as what the boys are, mm. and the girls can also, too, shut in their, their demons and um, not let them out. And, yes. Um, you know, there's there's a uh, another former member of our club whose daughter passed um, a couple of years ago, and I've been in contact with her in the last month or so. You know, she was a, she was a beautiful young lady, and she had everything going for her, and, mm. um, you know, for reasons... Only she knows, um, you know, she took her life as well. And, mm. you know, so don't don't think for a minute that it's just a bloke thing. Yeah, it's, absolutely. you know, the, the girls out there are also suffering as well and they need to, um, you know, speak up and um, have the conversations 
and you know, if, if they need help, they need to get help. Yes, agree, mate. Yeah, well said. My word. It's, uh, it's very important. It doesn't discriminate, you know, what... Uh, no, it doesn't. ...where no. you're from, what culture you are, whether you're male, female, whatever, you know, it doesn't discriminate. So really, really important. Well said. How can people get hold of you, Greg, if they want to have a yak about uh, what you're doing at the club and uh, maybe uh, get some advice on uh, what they could do within their own club to, uh, to, to be a bit more aware of this sort of stuff? Yeah, well, look, Aaron, you, how easy was it to get hold of me? You um, you went through the football club and got my contact details. I'm, yeah. I'm more than happy for people to make contact with the Sale City Football Club through through uh, the Facebook page if they wish. Um, and um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the administrators of our Facebook page. Um, if I see the message first, I'll, uh, more than, I'm more than happy to flick my number on. Um, yeah, look, more than happy to have a chat mm-hmm. about anything. Yeah, awesome, mate. That, that's, that's really great, Greg. I really appreciate that. And it's terrific for, for someone like you to be uh, at the stage we are now and, and being really proactive with this sort of stuff. So, you know, uh, being able to sort of um, unfortunately use those circumstances you've been through, but, you know, also being able to honour the eight individuals and, and Robert and Justin and that to, um, to, to help um, not only yourself, but also to help others, um, I think, you know, really testament to you and your character and, uh, you know, getting more involved and being really proactive with this sort of stuff um, moving forward, um, you know, is, is a tremendous um, uh, testament to yourself and, 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 and there's plenty more things to come, mate, don't worry, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you, Aaron. And, um, you know, for those, for those that may not be aware, last uh, or Saturday week ago, we had a mental health awareness day at uh, the Sale City Football Club and Rosedale Football Club. Um, they joined us, Rosedale Football Netball Club. Um, they joined us in uh, not only promoting um, you know, mental health awareness, but also honouring um, uh, Robert and, and Justin. Mm. Um, we had a couple of jumpers uh, struck with their... With their names on the back, um, with the also with the dancing with the black dog logo, mm. um, and they're currently on display at the uh, in our social club. But all the all the players, all the football, senior football and netball players, they wore um, uh, special jumpers and dresses that we got made uh, for this occasion. And it's been decided that we're going to wear those jumpers um, for one game every year mm. to promote uh, mental health awareness you know, within our community so you know, that's a that's a great thing that I'm I'm, I'm proud of the club uh, in supporting um, this concept and uh, you know it's just not a one-off thing we're gonna we're gonna continue to raise the profile of uh, mental illness and and um, you know the support mechanisms that are out there mm, absolutely mate well said and you need to be really proud of yourself you know like geez you know uh, that's that's such uh, it's really courageous for you to be able to do that because you're someone that you know that, that has probably struggled to understand and comprehend this but you know you're starting to, to, to do something now which can have significant change so uh, mate um, good on you and good on Rosedale for you know sort of stepping up and, and trying to do something to uh, to you know do some things to, to raise awareness there so I reckon that's tremendous yeah, uh, thank you very much appreciate it mate